Triple Play Fantasy's basketball show with Doc, Coach, and Brass Dadamas starts now. Welcome, players. This is Triple Play Fantasy Basketball Show, a proud member of Fantrax Podcast Network and Fantrax HQ family. I'm your host, Coach Lewis, filling in for our voice, Doc Mendelson, who's taking a week off. I am joined by some talented, handsome individuals, including a man known for original takes and professional in the movie critique game, host of Triple Play Fantasy's Movie Minutes on YouTube. This is Bradley Kilgore. What's going on, buddy? Appreciate the shout out to our, our growing branch of Triple Play Fantasy, the movie Minutes. Go check that out if you haven't seen them yet. Happy to be here, man. You want to plug in who you what movie you're reviewing next? We don't know yet. It, it all it all goes by whim, man. I might catch a catch a movie at 4 a.m. or something and tell Johnny to watch it and, and vice versa. So I'll definitely keep everybody posted our next one. Absolutely. And we're trying to hear from the people. We are the voice of the yes, people, sir. so let us know what movie you want us to critique. It's, it is really entertaining and really good, and Brad does a really good job, as well as Johnny Foosball. Thank you. Uh, also, my partner and co-host of Coach's Corner on our Trip Play Fantasy YouTube channel, ready to school us because he's a history teacher and head varsity head coach of Los Banos High School in California, Mr. Coleman, Coach Coleman, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. It's the March Madness. We finally get to watch it. And so I'm excited. And, uh, you know, this is the first March Madness I got to watch first two days the last two years. So I'm excited and just hanging out and talking to you guys. I heard you had to bundle up. It got um, 55 degrees over there. Yeah, I don't know what the hell is going on in California. This is not the weather that I am used to. Okay. Uh, 65 and, and breezy. That's what I like. Not 55. As soon as it got 55, I had to put on a jacket. Like, what the hell? There's <laughs> snow, there's ice out here. I don't know what's happening out here. Meanwhile, Brad in Maryland is outside right now in the same 55-degree weather. Oh, it feels lovely out there, doesn't it? That's right. That's right. See, if you if you guys ever hear, like, a, a car or a horn beep, it's because I'm outside enjoying what Maryland has to offer. Our, our trash is, is, is our pleasure. Or your trash <laughs> is our pleasure, I think, is how it goes. Sometimes you just need to get a, a breath of fresh air and walk outside. So that's uh, uh, our yeah. daily recommendation Take your your phone with you. Watch the watch the college basketball match, March Madness, and take take a walk today. It's a good idea, man. Connect yourself to nature. Life is good. Absolutely. I feel like you're about to get real philosophical today. <laughs> <laughs> I like the move. I'm always philosophical. That is true. In, in today's show, we will talk some NBA basketball with the trade deadline around the corner on March 26th. A lot of moves are on the way and coming soon. We're going to talk potential movements around the NBA, fantasy ads this week, our performance of the week, most intriguing NBA prospect playing in, in the NCAA March Madness Tournament. And to close things out, we have our question of the week. What is the greatest trade deadline move of all time? But first, a little news and notes. News and notes. Uh, first, I want I sadly want to send our thoughts and prayers out to Sean Bradley and his family as he had a car accident that has left him paralyzed. Sean Bradley was a former number two overall draft pick by the 76ers in the 1993 draft. Uh, he played for the Nets and most notably the Mavs, a former all-rookie team and NBA blocks leader, career 2.5 average and a smile that could light up a room. The Blue Alien took his talent in Space Jam and he provided a great performance in a small role. But maybe I should lean on Brad for the movie takes. <laughs> Again, we recognize and wish him and his family the best. Um, just a, a, a really great guy. We're going to move on to the biggest trade of the week. Trade deadline has started off with a, a move to a, a contending team, and that is P.J. Tucker finally moving on from the Houston Rockets to Milwaukee Bucks for D.J. Wilson, D.J. Augustine. Uh, the Rockets swap a second-round pick for the Bucks first. Thoughts, Brad? Yeah, I thought the trade was very interesting. So, you know, to me, I look at the the Milwaukee team and I I don't think that, you know, defense is the first place I would have gone. I would have I would have looked at shooting, but 
you know, you look at their defensive rating for the uh, for so far for the league, and they're actually 26th in the league in defensive rating. That's that's horrendous. So, you know, I, you know, I think about the playoffs, and I think about you know Giannis's deficiencies last year, and then it was shooting. The team needed shooting last year, so that was immediately where my mind went. And PJ Tucker doesn't really provide that, but looking at their their statistics this year, they're probably better shooting this year and and worse defensively. So I think. It was the right move if you're being, you know, analytical about it. And I think he's going to provide a lot of toughness and versatility for the guys that they have since he can guard really all five positions. So I like the trade and they didn't really have to give up much. DJ Augustin, he's a great player. He can, you know, he's one of those guys that's going to be in the league as long as he wants to because he's just got an IQ for the game and he's still in shape and could do everything he once could do. So he's always going to have that backup role locked down for anybody that needs it. So he's a great piece to have, but they don't need him. Um, the other guy, he wasn't really playing, and they're not going to need that that first rounder. So, you know, I, I like the move for them, and I'm, I'm happy for P.J. Tucker. Yeah, that other guy, D.J. Wilson. Is, D.J. Wilson. Uh, he's he a leaper, but he doesn't really play. Yeah, he doesn't really play in a former first-round pick, and uh, it just yeah. really – he hasn't really found his footing in the NBA stage. Which is, great, which is great for him because he can go somewhere where he might get some minutes. Yeah, sure. Yeah, no, I, 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 when I first saw this go down, I was actually looking at it from the Sixers. Why didn't the Sixers go after him? If that's all it costs to get someone like that, because he's an upgrade over our boy Mike Scott. I, I, that Mike Scott's one of those guys I'm like, hey, he's still in the league. Uh, but, you know, I, I think PJ is an upgrade in that spot. It gives him shooting, gives him a veteran presence. And so, like, for me, I was like, why didn't the Sixers go after him? As far as the Bucks go – they got a weird roster build. I don't know when I was when I look at their roster, that's going to be a weird team to play in the playoffs. Like I don't know necessarily like with Portis there, and then they got PJ now. Uh, they got all those kind of bigs, Brooke and those guys. I'm just a little nervous about how they're constructing their roster. I don't mind it. I mean, they really didn't give up anything, so I guess it's it's whatever. But I'm more confused of why the Sixers didn't go after him because I think they need that extra guy. The Sixers are actually. I believe, yeah, they're second in the league right now in defense. So I, if I'm them, like if I'm Daryl Morey, who I know he's a big statistics guy, like I think he's like, look, if we have to address a need, it's probably not on our defensive side right now. Mm-hmm. I I personally, I really like this move for the Bucks. Uh, it gives you four guys that can really finish games. And part of the reason why they've kind of seen a, a downtick with their, their defensive efficiency is they're trying new things um, daily. They haven't switched in the past. They're trying to get to being able to switch in the playoffs and adjust to that playing style. And who better than to switch than P.J. Tucker? He is the master of that. He's tough. He's great at the corner three, although he hasn't played well this season. He he hasn't been invested this entire year. He he knew he was on the way out. He wants to play for a winner. He's about winning. He's about sacrifice. He's tough. Uh, I think that this also opens the door on Giannis uh, finishing at the five. Brooke Lopez has, has seen um, a decline. He's not hitting his jumper the same way, and, and and that poses an opening. And if you go PJ and then you got Giannis at the five, I got Middleton. I'm closing out with Holiday. At least I got two more people that can close the game. Uh, close the game. That's two more than last year that I can rely on. And hopefully, you know, maybe White Dante's playing well. Maybe Pat Connington's mm-hmm. playing well that day. Maybe it's Portis. Uh, but I, I think that this – helps their chances and gives them a chance to contend in the East. And also it matches up well with Brooklyn and, and, and Durant and all those guys. Brad. I got a, I got a comment and a question. My comment is that Bobby Portis, man, he's getting real minutes and he looks good. I'm like, I'm, this is the Bobby Portis. I was always expecting his whole career. He's been playing really well in his role there. And then two, who's got a better shoe game, PJ Tucker or coach Lewis. <laughs> I can't compete with Tucker. Uh, yeah, I got I got 100 pairs of shoes and did 60 LeBrons. I can't fuck with uh, PJ Tucker. He is just <laughs> insane. He, he switches at halftime. That's like, crazy. Um, yeah, his, his shoe game. He's got the best shoe game in, in the league uh, by far. But uh, I saw him in a commercial for something. I don't know what it, it was. Some shoe shoes. I think it was like a I don't know, like a like a shoe delivery service or something. Yeah. I don't remember. Yeah, get it, get it how you can. I know Kuzma does the uh, stock X, so he has access yeah. to wear Jordan. I, it's a pretty smart move, actually, because you can wear all the different brands in one. Uh, about Portis, um, yeah, he's productive on the floor. I still don't trust him down the stretch just because he 
he shoots the bad shot. Like he'll shoot that long range too for no reason. He'll match up and just go ISO ball. And he just, I don't know. I can't trust him down the stretch, but I like his production in the, that second and third quarter though. Trust is a fickle thing, man. Like if I think if a guy's playing well for you, you gotta you gotta let him you gotta let him roll. But I agree, like he's hard to trust because you know his history. But if he's playing like he's playing this this regular season and he plays like that in the playoffs, he's gonna be hard to keep on the bench, you know? Yeah. Yes. And so we'll move on from one, I guess like our biggest uh trade move to a, another smaller but still interesting, and that is Trevor Ariza. From Oklahoma City exile, he hadn't played since before the bubble. He opted out of the bubble to begin with, which was a, actually a huge blow for the, the Trailblazers. He got sent to Miami Heat for Myers Leonard, and we know what's been going on with him recently. And, you know, that's probably definitely a culture switch move and a second round pick. So what do you think about this move for Miami? Brad, we're going to start with you. You know, I, it's interesting. I I thought absolutely nothing of it. I have no idea what Trevor Ariza has left. I haven't seen him play all year. Last year, he wasn't anything special. Um, I was more interested in, like, what's going to happen with Myers Leonard. You know, he's saying racial slurs online and stuff. And it's it's interesting that he's kind of being kept in the league based solely upon his contract value because he can be a trade chip. He can take up, you know, salary for salary trades. And I don't know if he'll ever play again or if he'll get bought out or, or what, but um, I'm interested to see how that story ends. But I, I, I have no idea what to make of Trevor Ariza at this point. Well, he did. I mean, he made a mis- he made a mistake and he owned up to it. He, he, he showed that he was ignorant in it. And El- Julian Edelman has reached out to him to kind of um, bridge the gap as far as that ignorance is concerned. I don't think one mistake should should alter him from playing in the NBA again. I mean, he did start for pretty big mistake. <laughs> I mean, it, it is a big mistake, and he's gonna he's gonna hear about it. But there there is something to forgiveness, and he, I mean, he did start for Miami the entire year last year until they got to the bubble. So he, I mean, he can still play basketball. He can shoot the three, and um, hopefully, you know, he he can he can be an advocate for the Jewish community and kind of own up to his mistakes and and try to create some change here as far as um, knowledge and um, speaking out is concerned and having those conversations. So. Coach uh, Coleman, what's your take on Trev Ariza to Miami? South yeah, Beach. when I saw this, I put in my notes, I got no opinions here because I don't know what Ariza <laughs> is. I, wow. Ariza is really not that. I loved Ariza back in the day. He played the Lakers, yeah. the Rockets, those guys. Like, I love Washington play. But right now, I mean, they're really, they're really kind of – their roster is pretty jammed at that position. Um, mm-hmm. I guess he could be a nice veteran presence. They don't really need a veteran presence, though. So, as far as that goes, as far as Myers Leonard – you know, I hope he doesn't play again. He's an idiot. Uh, I know that he said he was sorry, but I mean, he Did should. He really play. though. He was I, like, I, I didn't even know what it meant. Yeah, that's a, that's not really a word that you don't know what it means. Like, it was I, a Luke. It was a lukewarm apology. I, I will yeah. agree uh, on that point. But I mean, I mean, come on, Myers has averaged like you know six points last year. He shouldn't be in the league just because he's not good. I don't think he's very good. No, I don't know. He's got he's got skill. He's a big second shoot. Whatever he's trash. So you know when I when I look at that, like whatever. I think I think they said he's going to get bought out, um, and so maybe we'll, we'll see. I don't know if he'll play again, and that's on him. Um, but as yeah. far as the reason goes, I don't know. Uh, I liked him ten years ago, but now it's like I don't know what else he's going to bring to that team. Uh, all right, so I guess I got to be a, a different opinion on this because I I think uh, Ariza still can burn a little bit. Last year, he he did play well for Portland before not entering the bubble and opting out. I don't have his numbers exactly, but I know he was How playing many games good did ball. He play? I mean, like forty games before that. Really? Yeah, I mean, like I said, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but he was he was a plug and he started a lot of games for Portland. That's he played uh, twenty-one basketball reference. He, he played twenty-one games and he started twenty-one. He averaged eleven points and four rebounds. How many minutes? Oh, uh, where's the minutes played? Thirty-three. Wow. Okay. And he well, was. Play- I'm, I'm being. I'm not giving him his due. He's a solid uh, guard for for three four like guarding um, threes and fours. Um, he he's he's switchable. He can still hit the three. Uh, he has that championship ped- pedigree starting on the Lakers. Uh, and just- it, it, to me, it seems like a like a, a typical Miami move. Another good veteran guy that can guard like like Iguodala that that brings in will give you some productive minutes, and you can trust him in the playoffs. 
I think Coach brought up a great point, though. Like, they have a bunch of dudes that already do that. They have Iguodala. They have Mo Harkless. Like, what else? Do they, I th- they might still have Avery Bradley. I don't even know. Mo like, Harkless has been know. bad this year, though. And you can only play Iguodala so many minutes uh, and be productive. Well, how many minutes do you think Trevor Reese is going to play? <laughs> well, all you need – all I'm saying is you can't never have too many uh, – guys that can guard the three and four and plug in. I don't think that that's a position that in today's NBA, you can't have too many of those guys. And, and Iguodala's versatile. He, you can put him at the one. You can put him at the two, the three, the four. So I think with that versatility, same thing with Jimmy. And you could play all three of those guys at the same time. They play the same position. You can play them all. I just wouldn't want to. I like I, I feel like it's a good point, and I'm sure he's going to like make me my, eat my words. He's going to go over there and ball out and average like – three steals a game and and great defensive rating but uh i just i just don't know what to make of it initially until i see him play all right he's a guy that's a trust. team yeah how crazy is that there's a mercenary he's making his way around let's hope he's not buying a home in each of these uh <laughs> cities that he's staying in all right and we are we are triple play fantasy and we want to talk a little bit about our fantasy ads this week so fantasy Ads coming up. Who are some of the top available players that you're seeing right now? And we're going to start with Coach Coleman on this one. Yeah, you know, I was looking at this. Uh, I went with Jordan Poole from uh, the Warriors. I think that, you know, in deep leagues, he's probably been available. He's only 11% rostered. Uh, he's gotten a little bit more play because um, they've had injuries there in, in Golden State. Uh, and, you, and you've seen that, hey, he's done all right. You know, he had 25 points against Memphis, 23 against Houston. Uh, I know the usage is a little bit better, so he's doing good there. So I would I would try to maybe get Jordan Poole if he's in some leagues, and you've seen him battle. So if he hasn't got picked up yet, and the, and 11% roster just came up yesterday. So some guys still have him out there. So he's not a bad plug-and-play right now. And um, to, to add on to Jordan Poole, he um, has played six games since getting called it for the G League. He's averaging 19 points a game. Three threes a game and shooting fifty five percent from the field. So he's at and he's playing like thirty minutes a game. And he's so he's been a great addition uh, coming back to the Warriors after spending some time in the G League and these G League call ups that are kind of making some impacts on certain teams. Yeah, Brad, who's your guy this week? I like Jordan Poole better, but um, the waiver wire is getting kind of thin at this point in the season. I like a guy like Chasen Randall. Um, he's on the Magic. He plays point guard. He's getting a like 25 to 30 minutes a game now with MCW being out and uh, and Cole Anthony. That's the name I was forgetting. Um, so he's the guy that can get you 10 points, three rebounds, three to five assists. And that's nothing to call home about. But if you're getting them off the waiver wire and you need somebody to plug in and get you some extra points in the categories league or just kind of fill out extra stats on a Sunday and you're trying to win by a thread, I think he's a great guy to have. If my guy this week – is uh, a team that I keep going back to because they've had so much different roster turnover and different people that play a lot of minutes at certain times and not others. And that is Sadiq Bay, rookie from uh, Villanova, playing for the Pistons, of course. Uh, he's playing heavy minutes. He's had over 20 in the past two games, including a 28-12 rebounds, six threes. He's had two steals in both of those contests. Uh, last, last week's numbers of 16 points. Last two weeks, so that's a good sample size. 16 points. He does produce rebounds, six rebounds, a steal, and three three pointers made a game. So I think that's a solid pick for the Pistons and a, a good three and D candidate. He was kind of a he safe looks like pick. A pro, man. Yeah. yeah, he does. He has the look of a pro. Yeah, for sure. I think he's going to be playing a long time, especially the way I he shoots so the cool. ball and defend. That's a great pick. All right, so that's our fantasy recommendations for this week. If you like what you hear so far, make sure you never miss a show like Sacramento missed out on Luka Doncic by clicking the subscribe button. (laughs) Whenever you get your podcast, we got something for everyone. We have a fantasy baseball and football show that you can also check out available anywhere you get your podcast. We also have been making moves on our YouTube channel, as mentioned before, with Brad and Johnny Foosball talking movie minutes and Kevin, myself doing coaching's corner, bringing down breaking down future NBA prospects, amongst other things. If you're enjoying the con- content, how about dishing out an assist like LaMelo on the fast break and give us a five-star rating and review. It's much appreciated. Check us out on Twitter and IG, play at Trip Play Fantasy. Eric and Brad run our social media and provide daily questions. Weekly episode drops as well as spot interviews. We want to keep you entertained. So let us know what you think. 
Thanks again to everyone that has tuned in. And now a little NBA catch up. Impressive performance of the week. Which player balled out and deserves a shout out? Coach Kev. Oh, yeah, you know who I'm shouting out. My boy De'Aaron Fox, even though you just gave me some crap about him, uh, my Kings. Uh, you know, he, he hit a game winner against, I think it was uh, Washington. Uh, I can't remember. Uh, so, you know, he, he's had a great week. You know, he had a game winner against Washington. Uh, he's shooting. You don't have to say it twice. He, he shot 40% against Boston, 29 points. And, they, hey, two-game winning streak for my Kings, baby. We take minor victories uh, here as a Kings fan. Uh, but you know he he's just really he's one of the best point guards in the league. I don't care what anybody says. That that he can play. We just screwed him because we can't ever put anybody around him that's good, and we just have a terrible coach. So I got to give a shout out to Fox. You know, look what he's doing. Even even against Philly, they're playing Philly next, and he's averaged thirty four points a game against him, them. Um, he he's just he's one of the best players in the league. He just plays in Sacramento, so no one knows. And I was watching that game live, uh, and. It, it was it was a battle. They got him on a switch with Bradley Beals, one of Washington's most elite uh, defenders, and he just nailed it like right in his grill. Then it led to the, the Washington possession where Russell Wilson, uh, Russell Wilson, Russell Westbrook's on the sideline, and they call a play, and he throws to literally nobody. I don't know, and nobody made an effort to go get it. At the end of the game, I saw Russell was a little bit perturbed, and he headed to the to headed to the locker room while. I saw Bradley dapping everybody up. So I just kind of thought that was an interesting um, take on like how they handled how the two players handled the loss. Uh, but it was a, it was a tough loss uh, for the wizards who had just won a huge, huge game. And that leads to my performance of the week. It was against the number one team in the NBA. And that's uh, Bradley Beal dropping 43. I you about to say Russ. I, it's like splitting hairs. Russell Russell had 35, 15, and 13. So I mean, I guess they both they were he was gonna get mentioned. They both got a shout out. Don, Donovan was battling. Uh he had 42 himself, and it was just a, a spectacle to watch. Washington jumped out from the gate on the game and they never let go of that lead, even though Utah kept pushing back. Donovan had spectacular plays. But yeah, that's my performance of the week. Bradley Beal with the with the Russell Westbrook shout out for two weeks in a row. Brad, who's your performance of the week? Yeah, so every now and then, guys have performances that really just shock me, that, you know, make me think a certain way about a player for the rest of their career, like whether or not I think they have talent or not, because I see the flashes of what they can become. And this past week, I decided that I was completely and utterly wrong about Anthony Edwards. I thought he was immature. I thought he was, you know... He had no defense. I thought he couldn't shoot that well, and he was great. He is immature, by the way. He is immature. Well, so here's the thing. Like, his immaturity was just actually comedy. Like, he's just a funny kid. Like, I I didn't realize that. I thought he was, like, just young and kind of silly. He is hilarious. He is hilarious. And apparently he's a great teammate. The guys love having him around. And, you know, I haven't heard anything negative about him as a person. So I'm going to – chalk that immaturity up to just him being a funny guy and he had incredible performances against really great teams this past week i mean he beat he beat the suns and or i guess he lost to the suns but he had a 40 point performance against yeah and he was you know he's playing defense and he was shooting well i i really saw i saw a number one pick man i i hadn't seen that really all year i saw an athletic guy but this past week i realized what he could actually be and he could be a number one option on that team so i I gotta give it to anthony edwards i was completely wrong about him i'm I'm excited about the future of minnesota whether cats there or not because i think they're really building something there now i i would say on him he is uh, like spectacular and he has no conscience he's shooting the ball (laughs) he shot the ball over 30 times to get to that 40 it's can you imagine having that kind of confidence as like a 19 year old (laughs) he doesn't care he's just going up i know that's what he used to do that that is true that's true i still don't think he he plays a winning brand of basketball minnesota's bad and rubio's kind of mentioned that yeah, but I I still think they they really missed out. I think the T Wolves missed out because Lamelo does play winning basketball, and he's he does. By, by far the better pro- prospect. Absolutely, and I you and I both agreed on that. We had both thought Lamelo was the best coming out, and I still agree that Lamelo is the best coming out, and he's play he's having the best season. But 
I thought Anthony Edwards was going to be a bust, and he is not that. He looks he looks really good, and he looks like he's got a lot of potential. I compared him to Andrew Wiggins, and it's funny because Wiggins had forty last night yeah. uh, as well, and <laughs> and, and drafted uh, well played his ball in, in Minnesota, and I I can't I can't help but not notice that like they're both really good at basketball, but not good basketball players, meaning they're not winners. It's like it's like you know comparing Trey Young to Luka Doncic. Like they're both good, so you don't need to do that. Like I, yeah. I, it's going to be that same thing for me. It's like whether you have Trey Young or Luka Doncic, you're happy with what you have. He he has it has been impressive filling up the ball, so he should get a shout out. Kev, do you got opinion on uh, Anthony Edwards before we move on? He's going to look great playing next to Jalen Green next year. I can't wait for that. <laughs> uh, but what I will say, I, I think he has improved. Um, it's hard to judge immaturity with these kids. Uh, yeah. I think the quote, like how he said, I didn't like that. I don't even like basketball. I think that hurt him a little bit coming out of the draft process and stuff. Apparently so, not. He went it, number one. It, 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 <laughs> I, but I'm just saying in terms of like the, like guy, like his reputation. Like they hear oh, right, that right. and it's like, well, I thought you you got to love basketball. That's how it goes. And I think people – Older people like us, and we're definitely me, like we hear that and we get this kind of mindset. But these kids are so different. I coach these kids. The way yeah. they look at basketball is way different than maybe the old school guys look at basketball. And it's okay. It's just different. So, like, you have to adjust your belief. But I think he's good. Um, I just think that team's really bad. So, they're going to have to figure out how they're going to fit. How They got to play defense at some point on that damn team. So, they're going to have to figure out how to do one of those things. But I like him. I, we'll see what he does. I was a LaMelo guy, too. So I, I like Lamelo. Lamelo was, I thought, always is going to be the best player of that class. So um, I think that it'll be interesting to see what those two do. Absolutely. Um, so we're going to move on. It is March Madness. We are here. The games have started. What NBA prospect are you watching closest in this NCAA tournament? Might be the top player, <clears throat> Kate Cunningham, or someone you just really <laughs> like on your board, uh, Kevin. Who you who you watching? in this NCAA tournament? Yeah, I'm going Moses Moody from Arkansas. We already kind of talked about him on Coach's Corner, um, but he's a guy that I really like. And, you know, he's 6'6", 205. Uh, against LSU that had been the men's basketball championship, he dropped 28-9 uh, rebounds. And then it, last night he played. He didn't have a great game, but they didn't really need him to. They played Colgate. Uh, so I'm interested to see how far he can get Arkansas into the tournament. And I think if he can get them to that sweet 16 elite eight, I think he can be, I can think he can help his draft stock. We talk about that all the time. Like how is he going to help the draft stock? Uh, and I think he could, you know, he, he's smooth. He's, he's got the wingspan. Uh, he can score. And we're, I think that he's just someone that I really like. So I'm, I'm watching Arkansas. I've always kind of liked Arkansas too. And Duke's out of it. So I got to like somebody. So that's my team. This tournament is, is Arkansas. And I want to see how far he can push them. Yeah, and, had, and a hometown kid going to Arkansas uh, when he could have gone anywhere in the country and to get that team to the number three seed. And um, they really could make some some moves here in this NCAA tournament. So I love that pick. Brad, who you got? Who you watching? So I picked a guy that he's rated as a second-round pick and he could go undrafted. Um, and it's my opinion that if he was black, he'd be a first round pick, but he's not, it's not his fault. Uh, so <laughs> he's six, six, he's two Oh five. He shoots lights out. When I see him, I just see clay Thompson. It's, it's really fascinating, except he plays no defense. His name is buddy Bayheim. He's on Syracuse. <laughs> he's the coach's son. He has a very, very slow first step. He's got no moves, but it doesn't matter because wherever he goes, if you're right up in his face, he can still hit the jumper. He's He is so pure. It's out of control. He shoots 90 from the line. He's shooting 40% from three this year. I don't know why he's not getting respect. The dude has just an amazing offensive game. Um, I'd love to see you guys break down his film on the next coach's corner. Uh He's a guy that he he plays no defense, but he's on Syracuse. They play zone. Like that's just what's going to happen. He's not going to play defense, and I don't think that should be taken against him because he's so great offensively that it's it's almost shocking to me that he's not getting attention. Um, I, I look at a guy like Denny Avija, who was a lottery pick for the Wizards, and they're like the same player except Buddy Beheim can shoot better. So I. To me, he's on my radar. I, I love the guy, and I, I'm interested to see where he goes. 
Yeah, I might be wrong about Denny. I, th I thought he was going to be good, and he's not looking too swell to start his NBA career. But, it, you know, he's still a rookie, and he's still figuring out this NBA game. But that's funny that you mentioned him. And he really benefited about uh, having a court at his home during the quarantine. Yeah. Is, from, from what I've heard, that he just kept lighting it up every day. He's playing his brother one-on-one -on -one in those battle-tested moments when something – like college students don't really have access to it, like the hoops like that. I read I read that Gonzaga was trying to get him to transfer from Syracuse. Like the dude is he's cold. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of a lot of elite programs are recognizing this now. I don't know if he's gonna stay another year. I don't know if he's gonna try to go pro. I, I don't know if it matters. Whatever team he gets on, whether he starts in the G League or on a roster, he's gonna make waves. This dude is cold. And if he can shoot and he's big, six six, one ninety five, he's gonna find a role. Like he's gonna yeah. find a role in the NBA because they're always looking for that guy. So I, I think um he kinda I don't wanna say he reminds me of Keith Van Horn. All my older guys know what that is, but I like him. I like that kind of <laughs> mindset of him. I like Buddy Wayham. That's always cool to see a coach's son doing it, especially the NCAA tournament, March Madness. How tall is, is Coach Beheim? Uh, I don't looks, know. He's pretty he tall. I think he's like 6'3", but I, again, oh, okay. I just yeah, six, three. Look at you. Look at you, Coach. You know, 6'3". Oh, oh. six, three, six, three. <laughs> I think I just won the game of the week. No, yeah, I was about to say it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The guy that I'm watching is Ayo. It's Ayo. Dosumo, who who averages 21, 6, and 5 for the number one seed, Illinois. I love this kid. Um, the whole season, he produces everywhere. He's so exciting. Uh, his change of speed. Oh, the, he got the Kobe face mask, yeah. the, uh, the, the LeBron mask, and he just uh -huh. dominated with it. I just he fit, he fit the role well. Kyrie did it too, but he's great in transition. He pulled up on the break. Um, he's got some sizzle, creative moves. I don't want to ruin everything because in Coach's Corner, we are going to break this kid down, but I'd love it. And I, I, I mentioned him because I think they're going to have a deep run. I have them losing to the Zags in the final. That's my pick. And I think that he's going to he's gonna become something that people are actually talking about. Like, you got, you know that AO kid from Illinois? I just – I think the high school kid, he's really going to put the nation on watch. And I, he's been rising. He was a, a second-round pick to start the year. He got in the, the late first-round pick. And I think he can – he has a outside chance to even peak at the end of that lottery perhaps. You know, he reminds me of uh, Brandon Roy. You remember him? Oh, do I? Love, oh, love Brandon Roy. Brandon Roy is just very, exceptional. They have, like, very similar explosiveness. Brandon Roy had a better shot, but I think that'll come. But uh, their games are very similar to me. Like, they're both pass first, and they're both explosive. It's 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 interesting to see. They're that. both creative, too, and they both rebound yeah. well. And he put he puts defenders on, the, uh, on, his, on his hip and kind of just methodically changes the speed like Brandon did. I think Brandon was just so polished all around, oh, yeah. like his mid-range oh, yeah. and – all of that, I don't see he's that good. I he's, not, he's not there yet, but, nah, but I, I, can I, I, I can kind of see that comparison, though. I actually like that. All right. So our uh, big topic of conversation is the trade deadline, and we talked about a couple moves so far, but this is it's time for our trade deadline special. Um, who, when we look back at the take, was like, "Damn, he was right. I want to be that guy." I know Bradford Thomas wants to be that person as well. So. Trade deadlines, biggest lingering questions and names being passed around, names that have gotten quiet as far as trade targeting is concerned. We're going to start with Andre Drummond. Uh, we have talked about him quite a bit. Uh, it's reported that if he is uh, bought out, the number one teams looking at him are the Lakers in the Nets, but it's not a foregone conclusion that they're even going to move him. So, I, I say that because we've we kind of already talked about him. We've kind of shared our opinions. I don't know if anything has changed since the last week since we talked about it. But uh, Lamarcus Aldridge is really gaining traction. He's been shut down for a trade, or it's really likely that he gets bought out if that trade doesn't happen. So, where do you guys think that Lamarcus Aldridge uh, potentially might go? I'm gonna start with Brad. So I think any big worth their salt, whether it be Lamarcus Aldridge or Andre Drummond, you know which one I'd rather have. But uh, Either one of them, I think their best their best position, whether it be short term or, or long term, is to go to either Boston or Washington. Um, both teams would be in a position to absorb whatever cap hit that, that they are or 
extend them or you know in the future if they want a long-term thing because they both need a big and they're both maybe a big away from actually contending so i um i I prefer to have them in boston or washington but you know if it's going to be the rich get richer situation i think the lakers or nets are kind of clear clear buyout path destinations for both of them yeah, and I think he could be. He might not even be option one. So I think that the Lakers are definitely looking at who else could come. Whether it's Whiteside, whether it's Drummond, because Drummond clearly is number one. But uh, they, if yeah. if they have to settle, Lamarcus Aldridge, former All Star, they might they might uh, take a game on that. Coach Coleman, where do you see uh, L A going? Yeah, uh, well, real quick, sorry. I I think that a sleeper team for um, Drummond is the Hornets. So I think Ooh. that I think they're sixth. They're in the East. They want to make a splash. Michael Jordan hasn't been in the playoffs for since probably the Bulls days. So and he's not doing great there. I think they could make a splash. They have the cap space. So if they're trading for him, if it's a buyout, probably not. But if they're trading for him, they have that cap space. They need help because Cody Zeller and Bismarck Biombo, they're only as good as you, you heard who I just said. So they're not, getting, um, they're not getting anything from those guys. They really need to certify that position. How's Vernon Carey been in the G League? Uh, he played well in the, he played well in the G League. Uh, he's not getting minutes since getting called up. That's but the thing. I, I thought they were like they had him in the G League. They wanted him to cook up a little bit, and then they were going to bring him in and give him minutes. I don't know why he's not playing. He played well. I mean, he he was a double double guy. Uh, when yeah. I watched I watched him play against the the Wizards G League team, the Bay the Bayhawks, and and he was impressive. And he looked he looks the part. He's a bruiser. So yeah, that's was, a good pick, Coach. Yeah, I mean, I think that he fits. Vernon Carey had six points and, um, or excuse me, sixteen points. He averaged about sixteen points and nine rebounds. So he played well in the G League. I, as a Vernon Carey guy, I like Vernon Carey. Um, but this is a guy that you could step in. Um, I think that if if you Drummond was in there, I think it would help, and they would get him in the playoffs, and which I think the Hornets yeah. want to do. And you know, you have that as far as they the market. Send him too. He's young. He's twenty seven. Yeah, and that's a guy. And who wants to go to Charlotte? No, well, that's exactly. funny because <laughs> it's funny you say Charlotte because that's where I had I have Aldridge. I had Aldridge in two destinations, and one of them was uh, New Orleans Hornets because he can come in and be productive there. Zeller and Biombo, they're not giving you anything offensively at all, and and you could come in and plug him in at that five position. Mm-hmm. I think he'll seamlessly fit well. Uh, we got Lamelo will find him. We we got a, a, an unselfish team and exciting. I think that he could give them production that. I mean, they're obviously looking at the playoffs. I think they're what sixty right now. So, yeah, yeah. Um, that was that was one of my destinations for for Aldridge. Uh, my other destination was the Suns. Uh, I think that they have a hole too as backup big that he could come in and be productive and, and playing with Chris Paul and on a, on a playoff team, a, a contender, so to speak. I mean, obviously they're they're a pretender, but he could play some really good minutes on um, a, a good playoff team. Um, Coleman, where else were you going to go with uh, with Aldridge? I think the most logical sense for me is Boston. Uh, if they can get rid of maybe any other guys that got there, Robert Williams, someone maybe trade a draft pick. I, Boston needs a whole ton of help on the front court um, it, because injuries, not so much talent. Injuries have happened. Boston's one of those teams that's really struggling right now. They're down to the eighth seed. So if they want to make a splash, they're going to try to, need to get somebody – I think it could be Aldridge, uh, but I don't think Aldridge is the same player. So if you're getting Aldridge, yeah. you're, not, you're not getting Aldridge from Portland or even early Spurs days. He's you're getting still having that. a fine year though. Yeah, yeah. That's the so, thing. Like people I keep saying, he averages like eleven, but he averages eleven a game. But yeah, but he wasn't getting like minutes though. He was getting like twenty-five minutes, and he's used to like thirty-three, like getting letting himself cook up a little That's bit. Fair. You know, I, I agree that Boston really does need help in that front court. I don't. I just don't know if. Aldridge is the answer because they already have two guys that when the ball goes in their hand, the, the offense stops and then it's their two best players. It's it's Brown and Tatum. And then that kind of goes right in hand with Aldridge. But they are so tiny up there. They they do need to address that. So we'll I think Boston's gonna be active in this uh trade deadline. And I don't have the answer as far as who's exactly gonna go, but uh they gotta make they gotta make a move here. They gotta get somebody um uh, if they wanna try to go back to the Eastern Conference Finals, which they've been accustomed to doing a couple times, two times in the last three seasons. I think the biggest name we're going to transition, the biggest name being tossed around um, that now it's kind of more likely that he he might stay, but that's Kyle Lowry. And he, he could really push a contending team over the edge as he has championship pedigree. Uh, He's a great leader 
is a great all-around player. Uh, he has he's a point guard, but he can play off the ball as well. He's one of the toughest players that we have in this league. He'll go out and get you a charge, steals, um, and just a great veteran presence to have on your team with experience. So Kyle Lowry, you guys have any destinations or or thoughts on where if Toronto decides to move? Because Masai Ujiri, he always is he's always in the motion and like he makes that. the best team for a play for his team. Go ahead, Brad. I got a perfect spot for him to finish his career. The Miami Heat, they need a championship point guard. So it's not always on Jimmy Butler to be Superman because he can do so many things at an A level that if you can just if you can take those point guard responsibilities away from him and let him do all the other stuff that he does as an, at an A level, that can really that's what's that going to cost you? That's that the thing. Tyler you got to give Hero? up. Duncan sure, I do it. I do it in a heartbeat. I give up Hero. I give up Drogic. I give up Robinson. And I just let uh, Lowry and Butler and the rest of that team sizzle because I, I just think that they're really like a, a, a championship point guard away from being a championship team. Like you look at last year, they took the Lakers to six and Drogic was what, 50 percent? Mm-hmm. Like it was it, I really think they could use a Lowry and Lowry himself. Like his biggest thing holding him back was like like diet. Like he, he's always been a, a bigger guy, you know, a burlier guy. And he lost a bunch of weight last year and it really served him or, or the championship year. And it really served him well. It looks like he's put a little bit of it back on. But you know how they're always doing that, that, you know, Miami culture thing over there. And they've all got their they're only allowed to eat certain things. And I think that would really serve Lowry well to, you know, make his career even longer. So I could see him, you know, retiring as a Heat member, and I, I just think that would be an incredible team. And I was the second team on my list, but the first team, let's see if Coach Coleman gets it. Where, Where's your destination for Lowry? It's Miami. Uh, oh, I was going okay. to say Miami, too. If, you know, I, I said, I don't know if they have to give up Hero. I, I don't, they might, but if, probably have to if, give up one of them. Yeah. If, it's it's Masai, right? Like, he's going to want to get one of those, one of those, you know, great shooters. He's going to want to give somebody back. I wouldn't mind giving him um, Robinson, though, uh, he can have him. Um, I, I think if you get Lowry there, they, they have the salary that matches. They can throw in Co- Kelly Olinick and then yeah. somebody. And then, you know, Pat Riley doesn't give a crap about first round picks. So he'll throw in a first if he has to, like a 2024. Yeah. I think that's a perfect fit for him with him, Bam, and Jimmy. And they got to do something because their team construction right now is not getting past the Nets. I don't know if anybody's getting past the Nets, but they got to do it. I just said, sorry to interrupt you, coach. No, I just fine. say that. Um, Duncan Robinson's the one that plays defense of of him and Hero, so I, I might I might lean on keeping Robinson. He but, plays uh, he plays very well with uh, Bam. Yeah, well. he does. Um, he does. But I, I, Tyler Tyler has the higher ceiling. He did drop thirty seven in the Eastern Conference Finals, and if I'm Toronto, I would take a really hard look at that, especially with the contract negotiations coming up. You still got um, Hero on that rookie deal. Robinson's not getting paid too much. I know he's got to get paid down the line, uh, but you just. You just gave the bank to Fred Van Fleet, so that's the yeah. thing. Like, I'm not sure the Raptors get that much worse if they trade Lowry because if they're getting, you know, Fred Van Vliet getting those Lowry minutes at point guard, what do you lose? Like 10 percent of the production, and then you're adding Hero, which is more shooting, which they don't have. Put Boucher in the lineup. Put Siakam in there. I think, I think it works for both teams. And at a certain time, you got to think about the future. You don't have a championship team right now, and unless you right. unless Kawhi Leonard in free agency this summer comes back to Toronto, like you're not you're not hey, right. it could happen. I'm just saying it's, it's it's the March twentieth, two thousand twenty one. It might happen. Um, my team that I had though, and I, I really do like that. And Norman Powell is another guy that they could package. Oh in my that deal. It could be a, it could be a big deal. Um, How but, good has he gotten, man? I it's it's ridiculous, but so he's due to get paid too. So that that's the reason why Miami might uh, not do it. Uh, but he's being targeted by, by certain teams. My team is a is a 76ers. It's Philly. That's where he's from. He's from Philly. Played for Nova. That's that's home. I, I, he really doesn't have a no, he doesn't have a no trade clause. But it's it's the Raptors. And his jersey is going into the Raptors. So I think he has an opinion on where he goes. And Philly is a, a championship contender. They have they have the pieces with Ben and Embiid playing that well that that could be a move that pushes them over the hump. It depends on if Maury really wants him and what what he wants to give up. I I don't like taking the ball out of Ben Simmons' hands. 
and making him like a four or a five. Like that's, I think that that's just I think I think that Kyle Lowry's the point in his career that he can he can let somebody else take. It. I mean, we've seen Fred Van oh, okay. Lee take take over that role. Like he doesn't. That's I don't different. see him playing point guard. This we got him playing too. I got him. Yeah, and he's okay. can, he can guard that's... he can guard ones, and he's I love just that. that smart of a player, and he, and he shoots well. He's a better shooter than people give him oh, credit yeah. for. So I and, and he's I smart. Didn't, I didn't even cross my mind that he would play the two. I, I didn't think of that. He's Philly tough, and he's from there. And like yeah, yeah. I don't know, I think that Ben really would like him. I think that Joel would embrace him. See, that's, that's the, the problem. problem. You you would have to give up like a young asset, like a, a Thibel or a uh, uh, Maxi Tyrese Maxi. Like it would take it would take one of one of the two of those, and then probably a pick or a pick swap or a couple twos. Maybe a couple ones. I like. I don't know that I give I mean, up. I mean, just a couple, easy. couple, couple ones here, bro. <laughs> I mean, we are talking about a seven-time All Star. Yeah, I, I'm tripping on the deuce. And it's in the East. Like you're you're trading with somebody. Like you want to hurt the East. Like whoever you're trading with, if it's going to be in the East and it's a contender, you want to hurt them. Thibel, Maxi, and a one. Two ones. Or <laughs> like, or or one of those guys in two ones. And I and I want Milton. Let's get greedy. No, it, gets, it gets pricey. I think the I think the Heat have the better assets. That's why I think the Heat might be the better spot. Can they trade? Like I I remember there was something where they like they couldn't trade any more picks or something like that for some period of time. They can't. I think that's why they can only trade their 2024 first right now. I think that's okay. as, I think that's as far out as they could trade. They're like eight teams in that in that boat too. So it makes the trade market harder to do. Like the, the Lakers, yeah. the Rocket. There's a lot of teams in that same in that same boat. So it it limits who who can make moves. The Knicks ha- have a bunch of money and haven't sent any pick. They could actually. There's somebody to watch. I know I didn't I didn't put this mm-hmm. in the script in the script, guys. But we got to talk about it with the Knicks. Like they're a playoff team, and they got a bunch of players that they can move that people would like. I think they're getting Lonzo. You think they're getting Lonzo? All right, so the Lonzo thing comes up now. So you think that they'll they'll make a push to get Lonzo? Uh, That'll be interesting. Whether they trade for him or they you know sit it out and wait for him to become a free agent, like I think Lonzo Ball is going to become a big money New York Nick, and he's and I think he's great for them because he'll play defense, he'll distribute the ball, like he's. He's what they wanted Frank Nilakina to be, and I, I just think you can do that at huge. a higher level. It's huge, he's huge, and and uh, I don't know how great of a fit with with Barrett it is, just because their but their shooting goes up and down. But that could that could possibly be dynamic, and he could run the break. Tibbs yes. could could turn him into a really elite defender. He has all he's the, already a good defender. Like yeah, it could be, it, but he can go from really good to like exactly. elite in that system. They could do something like sign Jello to a G League roster or something. Like they could, they could easily get him. Interesting. And, I, and you know, like eventually, all the Ball brothers are going to want to play together. So, like if you get, if get, you get Lonzo on the team, yeah, if you get Lonzo on the team, and then you know, Lamelo's rookie deal comes up. I, listen, I, I I see the so you know you New York is a brand, right? Like so they want to build a winning brand, and I think Thibodeau's done a great job of making them a winner their top five team defensively, which I would have never guessed. So, you know, it's I think that's a perfect spot for Lonzo because he's not mm-hmm. going to have the pressure to like score. He can just do all the things he does best and and be kind of a, a an auxiliary piece. It would be an interesting thing because we've all heard the reports that the Clippers are targeting him. They they've made it public that they they want him. They made it public that they want a point guard. I really like Lonzo's fit with like a lot of teams in the NBA because yeah. it's he's because a good of player, his versatility. Man. And I I I think he's a good fit in New Orleans. I think that I don't just know why they're, though, they're so the sad they on he, moving him. They know he's gonna, gonna lose him for the nothing. offseason. But yeah. yeah. Can, we, would, can we talk about how Stan Van Gundy's not a good coach? Because he yeah. gets a lot of credit for being a good coach. And he is the one of the worst coaches. He's a retread NBA guy who just he doesn't fit guys where they need to be. Like he forces them to be what he wants to be. It doesn't take. That's it. what makes him You're bad too, because right he he doesn't he doesn't yeah. have terrible schemat- schematic things. He's one of the smartest I, NBA minds. But you're well, right. His lineup mashups are just a nightmare. You're like, what? Are you I'm doing not sure here? he is one of the smartest NBA minds. Like with Detroit, I was going to give him. I was going to give him the benefit of the doubt because he was mm-hmm. also the GM of that team, and that's like too much to have all in one. 
So I thought with New Orleans, like his job was going to be like, okay, coach Zion up and coach Brandon Ingram up, let them take a next step. Not only have they not really done that, which is fine because they're also they're all star level cal- they're all star caliber players. Like you don't really need them to take a next step, but yeah. they're so young that you thought it was going to come and it hasn't. But they're just not doing anything well, whether it's offense or defense. And I, I just he hasn't I adjusted entirely to today's game too, because he was a re- he was a really good coach when he coached for Orlando. But that's you know that's two thousand and eight, yeah. nine, 10, 11. Yeah, Dwight Howard and having yeah. a center like mattered. Yeah. Uh, well, let's. Know. That was it. That was a good take, uh, Coach Coleman. We, we got one more. Um, we no, we got a, we got a couple more. But uh, John Collins, uh, he's a restricted free agent at the end of the season. Good thing and Eric's not here. It, and it would take a lot to get uh, get him. And you know that you got to sign him to the max probably by the end of the summer. Uh, do the Hawks move him by the end of this deadline? Do you see it happening quickly? Um. I'm not the guy to ask, man. I'm not a John Collins fan. I, I think he's a very athletic player. I think he does a lot of – he's way better than I thought he'd be coming out of Wake. I think he he's great offensively. But there, I see no reason to give him a max deal. He doesn't – he's not a particularly good three-point shooter. I don't – he's not like elite efficiency inside, you know, mid-range and in. Um, he blocks a few shots, but he's not a particularly good defender. Like, I, I don't – he doesn't do anything great for me to want to have John Collins. So for with with the Hawks uh, winning recently, they've had a bad schedule. They made uh, the coaching change, getting um, yeah, getting former Seattle SuperSonics Nate yeah. McMillan as their head coach. Yeah, <laughs> Nate McMillan as head coach. Uh, he they, they're they're winning, and I think that they'll they'll retain him. I don't think that they'll they'll trade him by the end of the deadline, and they'll kind of see. I what can't believe the Pacers fired him. Yeah, yeah, well, they needed something different. They were they were they weren't going anywhere with that team, and yeah, yeah it was a little bit team. of a surprise. But at the yeah. same time, they needed to change their offense up. Uh, so I, I kind of agreed with the move. I don't I don't think uh, BJ Bergen is a bad coach for Indiana. We'll see what happens with that. Do you have any thoughts on on John Collins, uh, Kev? Before we move on. The only thought I have is I wouldn't pay him a max contract. So if you're trading for him, I just don't think that's it. I did see an interesting trade recently where maybe the Mavs got him. Okay. And I thought based on salary, maybe it might be a good fit, him and Luca there. Uh, and I then, certainly like him better than Maxi Kleber. <laughs> yeah. So I, it's a little, bit, a little up for a ta- talent there. But, yeah, I don't, I don't want to pay him max deal because I feel like that's just – the return on investment with what he can give you is just not there. But I'm not a high guy, Collins guy, so I am not either. So, but I, I don't want to. I, I don't like before I get too deep in this. Like I don't. I'm not saying he's a bad player. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve max money. I just wouldn't pay him. Like yeah. it's, it's <laughs> like he's he's done very well and he he deserves all he can get. I'm just saying it's. He's, and he's I, gonna I'd get rather. it. I'd rather not either as well. Yeah. I don't think he's a winning basketball player, but he has everything that you had mentioned earlier. And, New Orleans is is an interesting spot of destination. Well, you did mention the Mavs. It's amazing what he does with that lineup and that team, and uh, put that team on his hey, back. Hey, coach, they need coach, coach Kev. How are you feeling about Kristaps uh, this year? Yeah, I've I've always kind of been a big a fan of his. Me too. Um, but I don't think he understands his role. So I don't know if he necessarily like, hey, you know, he doesn't want to get in the low post, which he does have. He actually could be a low post game because I always thought it's a lazy comparison with Dirk Nowitzki. But if he could add that to his game to where he can get that little back down, he can have the floater and do those type of things for his game. I think it would expand. But I just don't think I think Kristaps just wants to play shoot threes. He doesn't play defense. That dude is it, – it's a black hole in there. If anybody wants to go in there, they can. Uh, so I, I, I'm actually – I think they need to move him. Like, I think that he doesn't fit with Luka. I don't know necessarily if those two guys would work well together uh, because it, I just don't think Kristaps has a role. And maybe I, – I also think that they need to move on from their head coach. I think it's not. I was going to say, is that, it was that Kristaps or was that – is that on Rick Carlisle not getting him in the post and making sure making sure that that's a mandatory he needs to get touches with his butt uh, in the post? I mean he's seven three. It would open up a different lane of that offense. Their offense is so predictable. And last year they they had the best offense in, in NBA history. And all of a sudden they they it, their offense sort of falls off the cliff and it's like sluggish and lethargic. And 
I, for me, for Porzingis, I like him when he plays. I, I really do. And I think that he does have defensive capabilities. He, he blocks shots well, uh, but he can't stay on the court. And you got to move on from that. And you got to see if you can get anything. I I like him a lot, uh, trading him for Andre Drummond and maybe like a pick. Mm-hmm. I think I think Dallas could use that defensive touch. I think Luca could use the ball in his hands more because Kristaps takes up a lot of u- usage, and um, you can still get like the same amount of points per game out of Andre Drummond. All right, we got one more name before we hit our question of the week, and that is Victor Oladipo. He turned down an extension from the Rockets. Uh, do we see Victor play for a third team this year? The, the Rockets asking for a lot from him. They said, quote, they want a, quote, top assets for him. And I'm not, I don't know if you're going to get that for a guy that has been injury riddled uh, the past several years. Does does Victor get moved? Does he get moved by the end of the deadline for, quote, top assets? Yeah, I, I, I actually had, and it's funny that you brought up the Knicks. I think he could get traded to the Knicks. So, you know, what if he got traded for the Knicks for Obi? And Frank Nikita, maybe a first. Oh, okay. And then they then they resign him. They get quickly there with Barrett, Randall. I think he would fit around that roster pretty well. So, like, one of the spots I have is the Knicks. Uh, or I've even seen, uh, obviously, the Heat. That's where he wants to go. But I don't know if they want to give up for that for Oladipo. So, I think New York New York could be a, a definitely option. Yeah, there. and they, they got the cap space. And why not do it? Like, you 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 have playoff contention team, the team that's going to be in the top ten. And why not see what Vic looks next to – to, to Barrett and to to Julius Randle and that team. Just give it a look. Uh, and if, it, if it's going to cost you Obi Toppin, who, you know, we all were high on coming into the draft but hasn't really shown shown that, then plus he, he's he's one of the guys on that team that it's hard to get him minutes because they have so many other guys. They, they, they have so many guys that can play in the NBA. They, they should make a move to try to get better. So, Brad, take on Vic. Where's Vic going? Um, kind of a lot like Lonzo Ball, I think. Whoever gets him has to know he's going to be a rental because I think ultimately he wants to end up in Miami. So um, I, you got to look at contenders, and I think he'd be perfect for a team like the Lakers, like give up Schroeder, THT, and a pick or so. And mm-hmm. I think I think the Rockets make that move, and the Lakers get much needed scoring power. You know, you can't give up Schroeder. You can't because Vic can do everything oh. Schroeder does. No, he can't. If not better. If not and better, Schroeder's twenty-seven. I think he's the safer of the guys. I think that it's a, it's it's too big of a risk to get Victor in there, and because that that could really crush your how offense. Old is, uh, how old is Aladipo? He's young. He's he's but he's injured. Like he's he's a risk factor. He's a huge. He got risk hurt factor. once, man. And he hasn't come back from it. Yeah, he was. He's he like having an incredible year. He had. He's having an incredible year yes. right now. He's Hold been on, wild, wildly inconsistent. He had 34 the other day, and the next day he'll have like 12. He's, he's not playing against the, he's playing against the, low, the low 40s. Uh, I don't know. I, I you don't you don't give away the the future if you're if you're this man's the averaging. Lakers. The this Lakers have their hearts set set on him. He's averaging 25 and five right now. He's got bad. All right, the the three point percentage is bad. The field goal percentage is bad because he's taking horrendous shots on the rock. It's like you know he's the whole offense. Like that changes when he goes to the Lakers, man. I that trade. I don't know. I, I, I don't do that at all. I don't do that. They're trying. They're trying to pencil uh, a shooter in for a long term contract anyway. They love him, but we'll move on to our question of the week, and it is trade deadline. And the next week we'll catch up on all the moves that are going to happen right there at the buzzer. So it's exciting to kind of get ahead of schedule and talk about things, but. What is the greatest trade trade deadline move of all time? And we're going to start with Coach Kev. I'm yeah, I'm, I'm going with one of my favorite players of all time, and that's my boy Rasheed Wallace. Uh, in, t- in 2004, he got traded. He got traded to Atlanta, and then he got traded to Detroit. It, he he was part of that Detroit team that beat the Lakers in five. Uh, he filled in right with the Billups and Hamilton and Prince and Wallace. And he, that was probably one of the best moves they made, uh, you know, and, and Rashid, listen, Rashid is one of my favorite players. I don't care if he gets technicals. That guy could play. He was a great shooter. He was kind of one of those guys that was a little ahead of his time for his game. Um, and so he was one of the best players in the NBA at the time. And that was a hell of a deal for Detroit. Detroit got their, their title. So that's my guy. Rashid's my guy. 
That is a great, that's a great one. It's listed. That's why I put, that's why I put two down. Um, it's got to be the greatest because they won a championship that year and they don't win without making that move. They gave up two first round picks and a bunch of bums, uh, including Rebraca and, and Bob Sura, Chucky Atkins, Lindsey Hunter. But it was, it was all worth it. And then they went back to the finals that following year. They almost went back to back. They, they lost in a game seven to San Antonio. And the Pistons haven't really been relevant after that time. But to get a championship, it makes it it makes it great. Um, my my trade um, also led to a, a championship down the road, and that is the Lakers getting Pau Gasol. And at the time, it was like this is a cheap move. Jerry West is over there for the Grizzlies, um, but they traded uh, for a chubby Mark Gasol that didn't have huge uh, NBA trajectory. And now we all know that he's a great uh, NBA player, and he, he he's now on the Lakers now. Uh, Kwame Brown, former number one pick. Javaris Crittenton, Aaron McKee, two first-round pickers. So two first two first rounders, and basically Marcus Gasol, you get Pau Gasol, and you win two NBA championships in the future. So that's my uh, great trade deadline pick. Curious to hear what Brad has. Yeah, so mine did not lead to a championship. Well, I guess technically it did. So it was the Cavs and the Clippers. The Clippers got Mo Williams and Jamario Moon, and the Cavs got Baron Davis in a first-round pick. That first round pick ended up becoming Kyrie Irving. Mm -hmm. So Kyrie Irving and LeBron eventually won a championship in Cleveland. So I think you got to think that that's a great trade deadline trade for them. Man, I was a deep dive and um, I like that. Yeah, I man. didn't I, I, I didn't even know that that ran past. Yeah. Me. Wow. Yeah. I bet the Clippers wish they had that back. Yeah. Oh, man. B Diddy. All right. Um. Nice pick, uh, Brad. And that's a good, that was a good Excellent. question. I like that. That was a good conversation. I, we got one more thing. We're going to have one favorite March Madness moment, and we're going to lead off with Brad. Brad, what's your favorite March Madness moment? Yeah, man. I It wasn't – I saw it live. Um, it was – who was it? Virginia Tech playing Florida. Um, I don't remember the kid's name, but – Virginia Tech had been leading all game and they coughed it up at the ends and they were down three and the kid on Virginia Tech hit a three, a buzzer beater to send it to overtime and they eventually lost. But you could just see like the confidence of, of a young kid just go up. He just decided he was the man in that moment. And I, I that's always beautiful to see just kids' confidence just rise. And he's, I don't know if he's headed to the NBA or – if he's going to play pro ball, but he's going to take that moment with him forever. And that's, I think that's the beauty of March Madness. Oh, so he went with something that just, just happened yesterday. Now, how many overtime games were there? It was like, it oh, like I thought, five. I thought that was the, I thought that was the question. Like favorite March Madness moment. This it was kind of like a, it was like an all time thing, or at least that's oh, what okay. I took it as. <laughs> no, but I'm glad you my favorite, did that. My favorite all time. I'm a UMBC alum. So it was the 16 over one, man. It's got to yeah. be that. Oh, man. All, and that was a big move when we saw the, uh, George Mason go to the Final Four as well, another local team. Uh, Coach Kevin, what's your uh, NCAA March Madness favorite memory? Man, yeah, you just stole it. But it's George Mason beating UConn. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna age myself a little bit here because I remember watching this back in the day. Uh, but you know that, that UConn team with Rudy Gay, Armstrong, Boone, all those guys—they um, were legit. They were 30 and four that year, 17 and one. I hated UConn as a Duke fan because I just can't go after. I just I'm not UConn's not my team. So I was rooting so hard for George Mason. Um, they won it overtime, made it to the Final Four. That was the first Cinderella team that we've been seeing. They kind of paved the way for these kind of low level teams, 11 seed, get into the Final Four. So I will never forget that game. I was so happy when UConn lost. That was one of my favorite moments. Excellent. I got a little tidbit on that George Mason team. Their starting point guard, his name was Fowler and Campbell, and he mm -hmm. played for he played for Springbrook High School over here. And in high school, he came to Richard Montgomery, my alma mater, and he put up fifty one points, but he scored thirty seven in the second half. And we threw out the whole kitchen sink at him. We we were doubling him. He was unstoppable. Uh, Dave East, the rapper, Dave Brewster played on that same Springbrook team. They ended up going to the state finals and losing at the buzzer to Northwestern, who had uh, Jeff Green on that team. But anyways, Fowler and Cam was just a wonderful player. And for him to transition from the shooting guard to play point guard was a huge move. And it shows uh, Jim Laranega's great coaching to, to kind of lead that team. But that was a very, very solid team. 
my memory. I mean, you guys know I'm from Maryland. My grandparents went there. They met there. It was 2002 championship. Yeah. Um, in Maryland, basketball has never won a championship. And I don't care if they, they – I, well, I do care if they win another one in the future. But I have that one. And me being like a middle school kid, I was all about Maryland basketball. Steve Blake, and we saw what type of longevity he had. Juan Dixon was just amazing the entire tournament. We had Byron Mutenton diving on the floor. Chris Wilcox grabbing all the boards. Donnie Baxter dominating in the post. Such a well-rounded team for Gary Williams and the Maryland Terrapins. And we, we, we kind of have begged – to get back into that situation. They beat Duke in the final four, a little revenge from the yeah. year before where they had a 12 point lead and um, they lost that and ultimately lost that game and Duke ended up winning the championship. So that was when the heart of the ACC was real. North Carolina was good every year. NC state Clemson, you got the best from every Wake Forest, but I will I never ever that. forget Maryland basketball. I thought you had something to say, Brad. What was that? Oh, no, no. I was just saying I can't believe Maryland left the ACC for the Big East, man, <laughs> or the Big Ten. Yeah, Big Ten. You don't even know where they are anymore. That's how, yeah, that's how exactly. bad it's gotten. That's, yeah, that's funny. It's I, not football money, man. It's, it's hard. I don't have those same feelings for Duke anymore. I actually kind of – actually, I don't want to say this on record. I kind of like them a little bit now. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, well, I hated them for my whole, my whole childhood and my whole life. But I just uh, I love what Coach K does. I still hate Maryland, but I have respect for Juan Dixon. Like, I got respect. That was my guy. I love watching him play basketball. Me and Coach Lewis, we got in a a text debate over uh, who was the better player, Juan Dixon or Steve Blake. We need to to hash that out on air one day. That was actually who would be a better head coach, and I still think Steve Blake would be be a better head coach. Uh, He's just a leader of men. He's so knowledgeable. He knows the game. He played 17 years in the league. Give me Steve Blake all day. Coach Coleman, you, you're the deciding factor. Who would be a better head coach, Juan Dixon or Steve no, Blake? No, no, We got to make this a whole show. We can't, <laughs> just, we can't just drive by. <laughs> you got to give me a little bit more time here, all right? That, that, you can't yeah. throw something that like that at me right now. Man. Speaking of coaches that, that could move on to the pro, this will be our last thing before we end things, is uh, I, I love Jawan Howard. I think he, he encompasses what a good NBA head coach could be. I got He's him out of my bracket. He's got Michigan and the one seed, and um, I just think he's just great with men, and he knows his game. And I think that, yes, going back home, going to Michigan, this is a good move. He's got a good team. He's got recruits coming through. But I, I can see in like four years, five years, he's, he, he's, the NBA is going to come knocking at the door, and, and he'll have an opportunity. I hope he stays because he's, like you said, he's just going to be – a great role model to have for young kids. He's got the experiences at the college level. He's got experiences at the pros. Like I can't imagine having a better leader at the helm than, or somebody coming into your family room than Juwan Howard, man. That's, that's just a great, great pick for them. He understands the game. He's a man's man and he's seen it and he's done it and he's so respectful. Yeah. I just love, I just love what Juwan Howard has done as a coach. It's a fun episode, man. Uh, we were just spitballing, man. I, I had a bunch of notes on other things we want to talk about, but uh, random Porzingis gets brought up. I, I had I had a good time. It's like we we see, we're, we're over here um, eating lunch and just talking hoops. Yeah, man. All right, so that's all we have for you today. The cast: Brad Kilgore, Kevin Coleman, I'm James Lewis. We miss you, Doc. Have a great day. Be safe, and we want to keep you entertained. So thanks to all our loyal listeners, and we'll see you. Same time, same place next week.